Yes, it's Monday, and we all know what that means by now, don't we? Yes, it's time to talk to me about ghosts. Hello. Well, it's a bit of a different episode this week. Well, firstly, you catch me post-mid-breakdown. Is that a thing? Well, let's put it this way. This morning, I've had kittens, and I, I don't literally mean like there's been some freak of nature incident, and I'm now fathering fairy little ones. What I mean is... Um, my computer decided to tell me it was low on space yesterday. So I thought, OK, computer, let's remove some things that we no longer need. Now, when you record a podcast, this is some boring podcast info here. You record the podcast and each recording, let's say I say I press stop now. That would save that audio as a particular file. Um, and then eventually you do the full show you record it all as an MP3, then you've just got one file, which is the MP3. Now, in my mind, I thought, okay, so that means all of those individual files, thou, that, the little audio files, they can all be deleted then, because uh, I've got the MP3. What I didn't realise I'd done was delete all of the whatever sort of technical jargon you want to use, data that backfills the intro for every show that I do. So it means this morning when I've come to do a We Need to Talk About Ghosts, the whole template that I use wasn't there. Now that struck the fear of the Lord into my chest and I had to rumble about for a USB stick that I'd put a sticker on saying show backup and thankfully everything is back to normal. So, you know, just a little a little vision into my morning thus far. I've also had the cat claw me because she wants a breakfast at 6am, where she was planning on going. Considering she's a house cat, I've no earthly idea. But today has been a day. Anyway, it's a little bit of a strange show today. A little bit of break from routine, if you will. Um, normally, at this point, we would be thanking the Patreons, of course. And just, I'll plug it regardless. If you want to go over to Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. There's over 200 episodes over there that that's about, what's that? I don't know, 400 hours, something like that, of content of me rambling, trying to make you laugh, trying being the operative word, and talking about the paranormal. Um, yeah, and you get your name sung out too. Now, normally I'd be reading all those people's names who signed up to Patreon at this point, but this, as I say, is no normal show. For this is a pre-record, because with Becca being away, there's quite a few things that have had to be jiggled around, appointments and stuff like that. So this is a pre-recorded show. So what I don't want to do is read anybody's name out this week, um, just in case people, and I know there's a few who already have, I can see on my phone, have signed up. And they sign up between me recording this and when this goes out and think, hey, so what I'll do is I'll save them up and I'll sing them all next week. So it's a bit of a break and play anyway, really. So what we're going to do is we're not going to have a paranormal review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to. Although I will say I've been watching My Encounter with Evil, which is like, um, you know, the haunted show that we reviewed on Netflix. It's like that, but it's like the Latin American version. And it's uh, it's very uh, dramatised, let's put it that way. But some of it's quite good. So if you are looking for something, give it a watch. You can do worse, let me put it that way. Um, there's not that. There's also not that many things which have been really that scary. And you know what? You know what you will do? I guarantee you. You know when you watch this, My Encounter with Evil, 
If you've been listening to this show for a while, or if you listen to paranormal podcasts in general, and you get the general tropes that go on, you'll know what's going to happen. Literally, you can call it as you're watching it. Like, there's a scene where there's a young boy sat on the end of a bed, and middle of the night, he wakes up terrified, and his toy truck, like a fire truck, starts lighting up and going, Nino, Nino, and coming towards him. So he picks it up, and they make a very like stern point of showing you him removing the batteries and placing the batteries on the side of the table. What do we think happens next, everyone? Do we think it just goes on to another scene? No, of course what it does is the truck, Nino, Nino, zooms in on the batteries. You know, it literally, like, verbatim saying, there were no batteries in the machine, um, which is fine. You know, we hear that all the time. It was just a little bit telegraphed. Shall we say that much? But, you know, as I say, it's worth putting on if you've got nothing else that, you know, going on that particular day. Stick it on your TV. Give yourself maybe a scare. Um, and also test your paranormal tropage. See if you can call these things before they happen. Maybe that will give us an indication into truth and lies. Who knows? Anyway, it's a different show today. So don't count this as a normal show. But we do still have content. So it's a bit of a break from the norm in the fact of two things. One, it ties in with a lot of things that have gone on recently. A lot of serendipity, if you will. Now, you'll recall that we've been talking a lot in recent weeks about Ouija boards, right? And in particular, about Zeus appearing on Ouija boards. Now, you'll recall this all, the the sort of, um, the seed of this or the genesis of this was me and Becca discussing on a Reddit corner somebody on Reddit who'd said they'd used a Ouija board and they'd got in touch with Zeus. And we laughed it off because we're like, you know, we all know what, who Zeus is. Zeus is the fucking, you know, pardon the French, but he's a Greek god. You know, why would Zeus come through to you on a board, you and your mates messing around? And we laughed it off. And then somebody emailed me and said, listen, I got in touch with Zeus. And then Someone sent me a story and said, this happened to me, and I got in touch with Zeus. And then another person, and it, it kind of escalated from there. Anyway, Chris Whitehouse, um, who runs his own paranormal team, got in touch. Now, you'll recall we've had Chris on the show before when we've done a two-parter about one of his investigations. If you remember, it was about some sort of, um, sort of, not a demon case, but some sort of like, Ghostly activity going on around um, property in the back garden and somebody's fence or shed being knocked down, if I recall off the top of my head. But it was all very good, very sceptical in a, in a good way, you know, in how he looks at things and how his team looks at things. Anyway, over this whole Ouija debacle that's been going on over recent weeks, he got in touch. He said, hi, Kev, the show's inspired me to tell some wonderful times that the Ouija has provided me. And what he's basically done is he sent in an MP3 of him discussing some of those times. Now, he's also written a book. This isn't an advert for the book, by the way, but I would suggest you check it out. It's a lot of journeys about being a sceptic, going into the believer side of things. And it's called Into the Darkness. You can get it on Amazon and it's also free on Kindle Unlimited. Now, like I say, this show this week is a bit of a one-off because we're going to play an MP3 of somebody telling their story when we don't normally do that. But we're going to do it with Chris. And then right after that, we had a bit of a surprise midweek when we got a really clear audio signal with none other than Becca in Saudi Arabia. And we decided to take advantage of that and do a quite 
elongated version of Becca's Reddit Corner. And it's not really a Reddit Corner because she was discussing with someone she works with about what I do for a living. And obviously being mainly working in the field of the paranormal for a living, which is a strange thing to tell someone. And the person she told was uh, a Kosovoan. Is that Kosovo? From Kosovo. He's from Kosovo. I don't know what you call it. I'm very sorry. But anyway, he then told Becca uh, a terrifying story. And Becca regales that at the end of the show. So the show's kind of in two halves. We've got about 15 minutes of Chris telling us his paranormal tales of the Ouija board. And then about 15 minutes of me and Becca discussing her colleagues. Brushes with the other side. So yeah, all in all, a bit of a weird show in terms of format. But a great show nonetheless. I hope you enjoy it. This, then, is Chris's MP3. I do hope you enjoy. Hi, Kev. I wanted to get in touch with you because I've just heard your Ouija board story about Zeus. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been using uh, Ouija board for 12 years. And when I started using it, it was as a child, but only putting the glass on the table of letters and walking away, hoping that a spirit would use it, thinking the board was open. Thinking to myself, I want the glass to move, but if it does, I should probably smash the glass or burn the board. I seem to think that that was how you tackled a dodgy Ouija board. Anyway, we'll come to that. So I was sceptical. Just like Kevin himself has said, in the 80s and 90s, uh, there was a lot of sniggering over the paranormal. He and I both grew up in the age of having to buy books and really search out paranormal information, such as TV programmes. They were all like Panorama and Omnibus, which are like straight-laced. As I say, looking down on people who thought they had some psychic powers or mediumship abilities. So when I started my first session with my team that I'm still running we well I was desperate to use a Ouija board in some form because that seemed to be like the quickest route to proof uh, for me anyway but I was skeptical and so although the glass was moving for my team I would often then say okay if you can move with one glass surely you can put two wine glasses on top of each other and if we touch the top one, I want to see the one underneath move if, it, if it's touching. I would say, okay, so we're all touching it with our fingers. Can we turn our fingernails onto the glass and have it move? Which went into, if I blindfold all the team and I stand back and ask questions of the spirits, how does that go? Now, I'm skipping over these because I have a, st a story with most of things in here, most of the uh, things I'm going to mention. But I'm trying to get through it. So, yeah, spirits initially would get would get bored of me asking for them to jump through hoops uh, just to prove that they were really moving the glass. So that was a learning curve. I'd get, I'd hear about Copper Wire. It was Yvette Fielding who actually I was speaking to, and she said, tie Copper Wire around um, the stem of the wine glass and everyone holds a, a thread of it. And she swore she'd had that move. I haven't yet tried it several times personally. Now, this is all personal. You might think of Ouija boards and immediately think they're dangerous. Don't touch them. You might think it's all nonsense and the idiomotor effect. That was my mindset going in. 
However, the idiomotor effect, what they don't mention is that it's a delayed response. It's, it's, it doesn't count for the times when the board has been spelling out things so fast that the glass touches lose track of what's being said and it's only the person stood back writing the letters as they come out that understands what is being said. So that cannot be the idiomotor effect. Um, I guess you would say, well, it's just because it's got to be pre-planned or acted. Well, this is my team. I've worked with them for years. I know that that's just not the case, you know? We don't rehearse. That's not the point. Um, suggestion is another thing. If I say, right, guys, tonight we're going into this building. It's got Ian and he used to be um, a cloakroom assistant. Then immediately suggestion is planted and the first spirit to come through, I would expect, would be Ian. This has been proven to uh, in the Philip experiment, if you look that up, where... I won't go into it. Look up the Philip experiment. Um, so, yeah, my scepticism ruled the roof. And um, basically, there was moments, moments of wonder at first. I mean, it was seconds long that I would go, that was interesting. Now, that's piqued my curiosity. These grew over the years into evenings, which actually left me scratching my head. So I continued to put obstacles in the way of the Ouija board and the people on it. I would trick the board or the spirit. I, I would say in front of all the people with finger on the glass, I'm going to write a letter down on a board away from here. And I'd go and write a number. And the team would eventually say, "What? why did you do that? And it's because I want all the people at the table to be thinking... I'm going to write a letter. But the spirit, all it has to do is walk over, follow me, and see whatever I write. So that hasn't worked. I'm going to be completely open with you there. That has not worked. That would be a fantastic piece of evidence, but not yet. Um, so, yeah, tricking the board. I spent a lot of time tricking my team as a means of getting them out of the equation. I made a Ouija board where the letters were mixed up rather than A, B, C, D. Uh, it does sometimes slow down communication, but there's more to that than meets the eye, which I found out through blindfolding my team. Um, again, it's a big story, but blindfold experiments actually did wield some interesting results. Uh, so much so that I would say... I would say that we do move the glass, even though we think we don't. But that isn't the hurdle. The hurdle, that hurdle is gone. The next hurdle is how do you explain then that we can find missing items and we have news articles that we can then discover and read about once the session is done, having no prior knowledge, only to find only to find like half an hour's evidence and words coming through, all check out, uh, even description of the person in a photograph giving the evidence. Um, that, uh, that was another evening of itself. So yeah, I'm tricking the team for long enough, but eventually going, well, there's something in this. And I, I tried my best to dictate what came through 
the board and, and our evenings. And Kevin's been kind enough to play at least two of those out on his show. And I was, was honoured enough to talk to Kevin. So I know his mindset. And uh, yeah, he's sceptical but open-minded, which is the best way to be. Scepticism is not to be knocked. It's the wisest place to start. Um, so, we're not in our time going back to locations I'm allowed to go um, regularly. We would meet the same spirit over and over again and build up a friendship, seemingly. Um, and that led us to meet a spirit in Ilkley graveyard called Ruth. And Ruth was a churchgoer at that at that place and she ended up almost prophesizing things about us or telling secrets about us that the rest of the team didn't know that were all true and so that's like well how even if we were moving the glass ourselves subconsciously we don't know that about each other house numbers you know color of things in their house just items in our house that we don't tell each other but were true upon asking, Ruth would, would prove herself like that. This led to Sue, uh, Ruth becoming very protective of us and stepping in now and again. Before we went to York, York was the place where we met a spirit called Sam, who was bullying the spirits in the house. He was Spirit 4. And Spirit 4, you know, it was like 2018, before covid Sam was the first spirit to threaten us um, that we took notice of because he seemed to have power beyond anything we'd ever encountered. Evidence, like you always ask for good evidence, but you generally don't get the evidence you asked for. This was like, ask for a bang, you got a bang. It was, it was quite frightening, but in a cool way. Now, along the way, we would get the word Zozo, and of course, this is what leads to the whole Zeus story. I'd never heard of Zozo after the first few times of getting it through. In fact, I heard it through it first by, yeah, isn't that what Zach Baggins said on his Ghost Adventure show? He's he's chased down by this Zozo. And I looked into that and found that Zozo is supposedly a Ouija board-related demon. I, again, even now, pinch of salt, that's just my mindset. You know, it's it's all hearsay until I experience it. But yeah, Zozo has come through, and yet it's never truly been Zozo. Because I have this flippant attitude, I've been like, okay, Zozo, do something to show, you know, your power. And it's been like, okay, it's not really Zozo. I'm just a teenager who died on a motorbike outside. That's one of the examples. Or when we met this Sam, this nasty spirit at York, he would follow us round the country after leaving his home. Every time we opened up a Ouija board, he would be there saying, don't come back to my house, calling the women whores, which he did a lot. He didn't like women. Um, and yeah, he was quite unnerving, but so cool because he used to do the best things. The room would just change no matter where we were as soon as he came. And you knew that something was different. And I believed he was with us or influencing the room. Covid struck. Covid struck. So, you know, investigations weren't really going ahead. And then 
we were pretty much all having experiences in our homes and we all on our Facebook group or our chat were like I think it's Sam I think you know and then when when Covid was over and we were able to go around and Sam would come through we would ask him to say what he did in our homes or you know private things again we'd keep them fairly private and say well what did I say to you and whereabouts in my house was it and he would say it on the board and get it right which that kind of backed up the fact that he must have been there um, in our minds so after Covid one night when we're back on the road Lucy and I and my team we, we had a it was just us and so we did an evening where we were going to hopefully debunk things like you know Charlie Charlie's nonsense and Bloody Mary and all that. We were just having a laugh, saying, let's just do all the things we can think. We'll do a little voodoo doll. We'll do, um, we said things into a mirror. All these things that you shouldn't do. Particularly, drawing pentagrams, putting candles on the edge and seeing what happened. But we're just doing our normal investigation with the Ouija board and everything else. We try. And we had the brilliant communication that night um, but the spin off from that was we went away feeling fine at first but the next time we spoke to spirits they said that pretty much we had two attachments uh, I never had any downside if I ever had an attachment but Lucy did seem to go into a bit of a downward spiral for a while, look, you know, bad luck, and almost like she was like cursed or drained, or but you know, that could just be a coincidence. But it was when we went back to York, finally, in a sort of a showdown with Sam, he uh, we went in very respectful because his threat seemed like he was the only one who could ever really hurt us for real because he had that physical element to him. Um, and he said you have two attachments and we kind of made an alliance, a friendship with him after all this time you know years from not investigating since the first York and Ruth was always with him looking after us from him um, Sam and Ruth were able to get these attachments off us in a absolutely bizarre night but seemingly Lucy just had a complete turnaround after that night. You could say it's psychological. I am totally open to that. But as far as we're aware, we take them for their word. They said we had attachments and now we don't. And they warned us and told, well, they told us off, let's be honest. Symbols have power and what we were doing that night, you know, was very dangerous and we shouldn't do it again. And so out of respect for these spirits... We we do not do that anymore. We watch what we ask for in a lot of ways. It's been a new dawn for us. Um, all through these years, Zozo and other demons have seemingly come up on the board, but they've always been like the Wizard of Oz's wizard, where behind it is just someone trying to scare you, which most of us, if we were dead and saw someone doing a Ouija board, you would just have a laugh, wouldn't you? 
you'd be straight over try to scare him. That, well, I, that can't just be me. So I, I absolutely celebrate the Ouija board. I have met wonderful spirits. It has stopped me having a fear of death. Many spirits who we have surveyed practically all agree on uh, a system of reincarnation. Again, that's a whole other topic, but they all have said the same system. How many lives we live, what it's like in the afterlife. Just It's the fact that they agree in, in different locations. Um, so yeah, all my point is, really, is that in 12 years, I don't recognise when other people say how scary and bad and evil the Ouija board is, but I am not discounting their experience with it. I am merely presenting mine. Maybe I... Well, I'm not the only other one. I know many other paranormal teams who use it just as safely as I do. Whether it's the mentality of just not being scared. Um, I don't really know what it is. Maybe we have... Well, you can you can start to pontificate on why that is as, as long as you want. Alright, I've gone on too long. I didn't mean to. Sorry, Kevin. But yeah, Ouija boards, I think, can be fine, but can be harmful. And if you're predisposed to thinking they're harmful, I would stay away from them. Because you could give yourself psychological damage. Hey, great podcast. Any questions or clarifications, do not hesitate to ask me. Thank you. Goodbye. So there we go. That's Chris's experiences with the Ouija board there. Now, this Zozo thing is another thing that people have emailed me about when we mentioned Zeus. They were like, are you aware of Zozo? And Chris, like he said there, he's had encounters with this alleged Zozo. I thought, in all honesty, it was like an internet phenomenon that came along, like the Charlie Charlie thing where you put two pencils across each other. But I, you know what? I will agree with what Chris said towards the end there. Um, he didn't exactly say this, but my point with the Ouija board has always been, I've always hated it when people have said in my life, like me dad and other people, like, you know, it's generally non-believers. Becca is a perfect example, right? You're not having a Ouija board in the house. Now, her main concern is because I'm too quick to believe things. And she thinks it will literally drive me mad or drive me to the point of being like, there's a ghost everywhere. But my argument is... And especially when a sceptic says, don't bring a Ouija board in here. I'd do anything. You know what? I don't believe in everything, but I would never do a Ouija board. My whole point is, if it works as well as everybody claims it does, or all these horror stories, then that is evidence, is it not? So why do we... The one thing that everyone says, no, that definitely works, so I'd never do it. But ghosts are bollocks. It's, it's like a, a conflicting argument. And therefore... Why shouldn't we be doing it? I mean, the one warning point about it all is genuinely, is, and it's not paranormal. Chris touched on it there. It's you don't know the psychological state of the people that you're doing it with. And it could be damaging in that form. You know, like the reason, the very reason Becca doesn't allow me to have one, she believes my psychological state will mean that I'll go on a complete downward spiral and believe that, if I drop a bottle of milk, that's the ghost that's in the house. Um, that's come through the Ouija board. Do you know what I mean? So it can be damaging in that way. But if it provides proof, surely 
it's a useful tool, like Chris has just said. Anyway, thank you so much, Chris, for sending in your MP3. And like I mentioned earlier, Chris has written a book. It's called Into the Darkness, and it's on Amazon paperback or free if you've got Kindle Unlimited, which I do, and I've already downloaded it. So if you want to go check that out, then please do. Now, what you're going to hear next is a conversation between myself and my loved one, Becca, as we do a version of Reddit Corner from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And um, forgive the audio, we've done our best with it, and it doesn't sound too bad. It just sounds like a telephone conversation. Um, but we hear an amazing story of, of somebody that she works with or somebody that she's working over in Saudi with. So I hope you enjoy it. And in the meantime, I'll speak to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Okay, everyone, so I'm not too sure what's going to be taking place right now because it's meant to be Becky's Reddit Corner. Becky's in... Becky? Becca is in Saudi Arabia, and um, we've managed to get a quite good signal. So she just said, is the audio good? I said, it is quite good. She said, can you plug me into the computer? I said, yes, I can. She said, because I've got something to backfill my Reddit Corner. Becca, take it away. Saudi Arabia calling. Hi, guys. Um, so we've got a bit of a replacement for Reddit Corner this week because, obviously, I am not there. However, I was told a story today that I thought you might be interested in. Um, so I'm, I'm working away, as Kev says. I'm in Saudi Arabia currently, and I'm working on quite a large event, a big international event, and we've got a big international team. And, you know, people are chatting as they do and, you know, what does your partner do? Um, so I'm obviously saying, you know, Kev has the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this guy says, well, I've got a story. Because people always say to me, oh, so you must be a believer. I said, no, no I'm not a believer. I'm a skeptic. Um, this guy says, no, I've got a story. I I, I believe because I've got a story. Right, okay. Um, and this is, someone so, that, this is someone that you work closely with? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same, well, I was going to say the same office. It's actually the same porter cabin because it's very glamorous out here. Um, yes, someone I'm working with. Um, so, yeah, so he's from Kosovo, it turns out, um, which I asked at the end of this because it was I was wondering where this took place. Um, so he says he's, he's married now with children um, and he's been married for over 20 years. Um, but he says when... He was first dating his wife right, when she was his girlfriend, um, but before they were married, um, his uncle and aunt went abroad on holiday. And so he they asked him to mind the house for them. And he was like, yeah, of course. So he said to you know his girlfriend, oh, you know, come down. We've got this nice house. You know, come in. We'll, we'll have a nice weekend away. Um, so they go. So, you know, they go Just down, to interrupt, they dinner, where was the house? Have you said that? Kosovo. The house was in Kosovo. Kosovo. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he lives in. He, he's from Kosovo, so his his family are from Kosovo, and the house was in Kosovo. They went on holiday somewhere else to a different country. Yeah, you with me? I'm with you. Yeah, go. On. They're in the house. They have a nice dinner, whatever, and you know, new girlfriend. So he's like, oh, let's go upstairs. Um, so go upstairs. <laughs> Hold on. So he's like, new girlfriend. So he's like, oh, let's go upstairs. Okay, yeah, now, you know, is like this romantic... the PG version? But go on, anyway. <laughs> romantic weekend away. 
So he says, they go upstairs, um, and he, sa- he says, they jump on the bed. He literally does like a jumping action, like jump on the bed. What? Um, he, 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 let's, did he pull down his cacks? He went, so I get me knob out. And it looks like no, this. Can, no, can you not be so crude, please, also? Yeah, sorry. This is a colleague of mine you're talking about. Very true. Carry on. Uh, so anyway, so they, ju- they jump on the bed, right? He said, but then they hear, um, like, furniture moving downstairs, like chairs scraping and things and footsteps and that. And, you know, obviously, like, they freeze and look at each other. And he's thinking it's a burglar. Um, now, this guy's, you know, not shy and will handle himself. So he goes straight well, down. Well, he's evidently you know, not shy because he just slipped naked <laughs> and jumped on a bed and said, join me, new girlfriend. <laughs> Do you mind? No babysit. Anyway, go on. So there's noise downstairs. Right. You think it's a burglar? Yeah. So he goes straight down, right? You know, to, like, check it out. Get rid of them. Um, goes downstairs. There's nothing. There's no one there. He checks the doors. Doors are still locked. Checks the windows. Windows are all locked shut. And he's like, right, okay. Um, so he goes back upstairs and he's, he says there was, <laughs> he says there were, it, it killed the mood, basically, because they were both a bit on edge then. You know, they were a bit like, he's saying to her, I definitely heard a noise then. She's saying, no, I definitely heard a noise. Like, definitely, they both definitely heard the noise. But, you know, it, he's gone down, there's nothing there. So anyway, they go, that's the end of that. So the next night, he's back there on his own, right? His his girlfriend, now wife, uh, isn't there. And um, he's downstairs and he's just watching the TV and he says it's, you know, go, we're going back over 20 years here. So it was a TV where the button to turn it off was on the TV itself. He said there was a remote, but you turned it off, like actually on the TV. So anyway, because he's um, not with his girlfriend tonight, he's just going to sleep downstairs. So he's watching TV, he's dozing off, um, turns off the TV and goes to sleep. Um, wakes up a while later to the TV on. So he's like, right, now we turn that off. Okay. So he turns it off actually at the switch, like at the button that's on the TV. He like physically goes up, presses it off. Yeah, so not, um, at the, not at the plug socket, but I know what you mean. There's like a push-in button to turn it on, like you would... Um... A toaster or something, like a push down or push whatever, like a physical button, a switch. <laughs> Why would you use toaster as an example? Well, I mean, I mean, example? no, in no way, like a toaster. Well, sometimes a, button, like a, a manual switch, button. a manual, a manual button. Why? Why do you think this needs explaining? It's just a button on a TV. Why? Why do we need to go into detail with analogies? Why the fuck? Well, I'm just trying to paint a picture. Your picture. That I know nothing about. Why don't you bring it in toasters? All right then. So toasters aside, he's turned. He's, he knows he turned the telly off. Yeah. Right. Okay. So turns the telly off. Goes back asleep. Right. Um. So he is in quite a deep sleep. Right. And not like the lights are off and everything. Um. A while later, he hears the door go. Right. He said, but he's in like a really heavy sleep. Just to clarify, what's, when, what's now? Sorry. <laughs> Just to clarify, when you say he hears the door go, do you mean like somebody knock, the doorbell ring, or the door open? The door open. Thank you. <laughs> I'm coming from Saudi Arabia. Do you think you can pipe down? Yeah, sorry. I, I need to keep muting myself in between so that we get a clearer sound as well. Sorry. You can carry on. Bloody wish, Bloody wish you'd keep muting yourself. That'd be a treat. So, right, so. Go on. Oh, he's fast asleep. Right. Here's the door open. 
right footsteps across the room and he said he's he's like trying to kind of bring himself out of the sleep but you know he said he could see and he was very heavily asleep and um anyway yes um and we say oh it's all right you stay asleep i'm just gonna go upstairs so he thinks oh my uncle's back like this is fine you know sort of um and like he tries to get back to sleep and he hears footsteps go up the stairs and the door upstairs open and close the bedroom door so he's like oh it's all right he's back um but as he's like kind of like within a couple of minutes he's at, like he, he wakes up properly you know when he starts looking around he thinks what oh that's you know i wasn't expecting him back there so um sorry no no a few minutes later sorry that's why he wakes up because the tv goes on again right that's why he wakes up the third time right so the tv goes on again right so he's like right so that now he's wide awake again because he's like the hell um and then he's like, hang on, like, what what's that, my uncle? So anyway, he gets up, starts looking around. The um the door's still locked, but everything else is still locked up. There aren't any shoes, there's nothing around, the car's not in the drive. Like it's very clear that his uncle has not, in fact, come back. Um and then he hears a scraping upstairs again. And he says, he says, I've let he said I was out of there like a shot. He said, I literally picked up my clothes and left. He said, I don't, I don't I didn't even put them on. He said, I just picked them off. I was there, like, in my shorts and just walked out the front door, like, and left. There's a lot of um, nudity in this story, but a, a scraping sound. There's sound. no nudity. No nudity. There is in my mind. No one has been nude at any point. So, but there's a, the oh, scraping right. sound sounds horrible, to be fair. Yeah. I chairs and stuff. So, uh, yeah, right. So he, he's out of there, like, a shot, right? Um, so his auntie, who's his, like, obviously his uncle's wife, um, he kind of you know, thinks about mentions. He thought he thought you know I don't want to freak out or anything. I won't say anything. You know I'll just I'll just leave it. But a few years later, they sell the place. So once they sold it, he says, "Oh, you know I feel like I could finally tell you. You know when I looked after it for you, that it was weird. You know these certain things happened." Um, I promise. She said, "You're not the only person to say that." Um, he said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." She said, "We we kind of we've heard a lot of things about it, but we were never bothered." And he was like, all right, you know, that kind of seems like pretty interesting. Um, anyway, so years later, um, his other uncle, who's his, either his auntie or his uncle's brother, so, you know, like their siblings, and that's his other uncle, um, he's having a drink with him late one night, you know, they're just chatting, and somehow the paranormal comes up, and the uncle, he says, starts crying, like the, this uncle. Um, Is the uncle who, who owned the house? No, no, the other uncle. Right. I've just, I have just said this. Will you keep up? You have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he starts crying because he says after the war, um, apparently there was a lot of like burglaries and things. So when family members went away on holiday, other family members would always mind the house, you know, like and be in it, which kind of makes sense. It's not keep the house open. So apparently this other uncle, you know, going back years again, he and his wife had gone house minding for these people once in the same house for. It was his. It was. I can't remember whether it was my colleague's auntie or uncle's brother, but it was one of the like one of the brothers. So it was also his uncle. Um. Anyway, he stayed there for two months, right? And he said it was awful. He said it was horrendous, and he starts crying. He said there was something in that house. He says he'd be having dinner with his wife. Now this is quite interesting because I haven't heard of this before. He said he'd be having dinner with his wife, and he the uncle would stand up and flip the table, like, like, like fl- literally flip it, you know, food, plates go flying and everything. Um, so his wife is, like, completely in shock, and it, she's just getting no response from him. 
his wife like cleans up the food and stuff and um like turns around and the uncle said he's he'd be sat on the couch and he'd he'd just kind of come round suddenly and come back as he sat there and he'd say to his wife, oh, Where's the food? Why have you taken all the dinner away? And she was like and he had no recollection that he's just stood, flipped it, you know, completely out of character, like not not something he did ever at all or had any uh, like motion of. And apparently there were a few things, like he heard stuff and... Uh, so he was like possessed, um, like a mini well, possession? Yeah. yeah, like a mini possession, yeah. Um, and he said to him, he said, when we say he's in that house, mine's in the house, he said it was the worst two months of my life. Like I would never go back, so... Oh, Yeah, so that's what I heard today, so... In replacement of Reddit Corner, so I thought we'd share that. That's a life. fucking amazing story. That's, um, I mean, it's terrifying the idea that you can do something and completely blank out yeah. and not have any recollection of of anything. You know, you'd imagine that if something's took over your body, you're pushed out so you can at least observe what's going on. But for it to take complete control of you is petrifying. Yeah, and then not know and then be asking questions about what you've done <laughs> like where's all this stuff gone but yeah but i mean even stuff. even the uncle who's like um lying on the couch and somebody says it's all right you stay asleep i'm just going upstairs and no that was my colleague i know that yeah yeah no that's what i mean sorry the colleague for him to, to assume mm. his uncle's back and yeah. and hear someone saying like literally a voice it's not just like a car pulled up the door went and he assumed he's actually heard a voice yeah. say you stay there i'm going upstairs yeah. Yeah, you heard a voice like, yeah, don't wake up, like, you stay asleep, it's fine, I'll just go. Bloody hell. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah, I, I, so, if, um... if there's one thing I didn't expect, this our nightly how you doing chat, which is normally very disturbed by interference, I did not expect mm -hmm. a perfect audio quality, nor a Reddit corner. Not from Reddit. Well... Yeah, uh, international Reddit corner. International Reddit corner. Tell you what, you get it all on this show. <laughs> Live from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So there indeed. you go. So, um, God, I will. I will sign out. So, um, okay. thank you for visiting international Reddit corner with Becca. And maybe at some point we'll be back with the usual Reddit corner. But maybe. I mean, the, I hope that you do meantime. return. Like, you plan on staying over there? No, I meant like soon. Okay, you will be back soon. Okay, well, as ever, thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.